Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs, the post-post-championship version. I am your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, it's, we're coming up on two weeks since that memorable game, and I don't know, it just kind of feels like we're we're kind of in between things. The The rush of the title is kind of starting to wear off, maybe, and then just a lot of anticipation looking forward to next year, because got a lot of promising things uh, happening since the game. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into recruiting, some coaching news, and, you know, whatever else comes up, whatever lanyap we have. Uh, before we do, just wanted to remind you, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do so. We are at Talkin' Tigs. Uh, you could also find us on Facebook as the Talkin' Tigs podcast. And if you're so inclined, we are also on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, well, uh, guys, it's, it's been, uh, you know, a little time since the game had time to absorb it, maybe you know, focus our attention on something else in our lives. But uh, <laughs> I want to see see how you guys are doing. Well, I mean, you know, still two weeks out, and uh, they still have us as number one national champions, and I don't think they can take it away from us at this point. So, still a great feeling. But I think as everyone has seen, and if you've watched, uh, you know, if you keep track of this as, as closely as we do, and if you're listening to this podcast, I think you do. You know. Everyone's kind of moved on to next year, you know, a- trying to answer those questions of who's going to who's going to be the quarterback. How are we going to deal with so much drop off, um, you know, with not only not only players leaving to go to the NFL or graduate, but also uh, coaches, you know, taking on other jobs. And that's kind of just a, a symptom of success. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of questions in that in this team still remaining a lot of talent. But I think, you know, that's something that um, everybody, all, all Tiger fans right now are thinking about. And uh, then, of course, we got basketball and baseball coming up. Basketball's off to a good start, and what we, now we can kind of focus on that, hone in on uh, hone in on our Tigers uh, playing the hoops. Um, but you know, other than that, it's a, it's a, still a great time to be a Tiger. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even though we are the champions, the the clock still turns, time still moves forward, and people got to move on. So, uh, on from this year's football to this year's basketball, like. You said, Tommy, uh, we're doing pretty well. Uh, we reeled off, I think, seven straight wins, which is great, although they're pretty much nail riders every single time. We'll go into the latest news on that. But outside of that, doing pretty well. I had to take a quick trip to Nashville this weekend. I was on, on campus at not really our rival, but fellow SEC school, Vanderbilt. I checked that out. You are on that official yeah. visit? <laughs> the the very unofficial visit. Um, and I got to see their football stadium. It has nothing compared to Tiger Stadium. But, uh, yeah, back home now and excited to get into it with y'all. Right on. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think one of you mentioned, uh, you know, plenty of questions to be answered. So we could, we could start answering those, I suppose. Um, and the one big one was, you know, what's, you know, what's going to happen with O after this? And, well, now we know. Uh, he just got a huge contract extension uh, for the next six years. And he will be making roughly... I think six million a year per salary, but there's also some other incentives in there, like a life insurance policy and pocket you know, change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, whatever postseason bonuses he probably accrues. But uh, yeah, Coach O's locked in. I mean, they're pretty much rewarding him. You could say for this season, but I mean, he's he's kind of changed the the direction of the program even after when he first took over. Uh, I remember I can still think back to this day and laugh when we lost to Troy and people were just, you know, chicken littles. The sky, the sky is falling. The program is gone. 
Uh, but here we are, and now we, we've locked him in for a while. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I'd say, well, I mean, I, I have I have my thoughts, but I, I want to hear what you guys, let's start with you, uh, Tommy. What, uh, you know, it's it's it seems like a no-brainer, right, to, to add O to a contract extension after, you could just say, this past year alone. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that the success has, has been proven, and you know, we won a national championship. He took us. We were, you know, highest ranked. Uh, we've we've been in a while last year, um, you know, with with qual- with inc- uh, incredible quality wins against Georgia and, and UCF and um, you know some of the other teams we we played. But uh, I think that the, you know I uh, a, a sports marketing professor I took is he said that uh, one of the you know the top priority of a uh, athletic director is hiring great great coaches and then retaining them and so you know Scott Woodward is, has been uh, he's been known to he's not afraid to spend money he's not afraid to uh, to make you know the big the big uh, the big decisions as far as you know retaining coaches obviously you know made Jimbo Fisher the 75 million dollar man so I think that you know adding uh, adding coach O to a long-term contract and adding stability to a program so that way he can go out and recruit and, and be able to say, like, look, I'm going to be here for your four years um, or longer. Uh, I think that's a, you know, that's a great step for the program and, um, you know, should ensure some continuity to our success. Yeah, I think it's uh, completely deserved, obviously, with the success that he's had so far. And I think it's definitely a good move from the LSU Athletic Department to, to show that confidence in their coach and say, this is who is going to be our guy for the next few years. I also like that they got him for, I think it was six years, which is pretty reasonable. Like you said, Tommy, they didn't pile in the money for 10 years, basically a generation like A&M did with uh, Jimbo Fisher. Um, and so, yeah, Ed Orgeron deserves every penny, really. He, I think he was outside even the top 25, like highest-paid coaches, and now this bumps him up into around like the number 10-ish spot, which I think is exactly kind of where we need to be. We don't have to be uh, Alabama and Clemson, I think. they pay Nick Saban and Dabba Sweeney somewhere in the range of like $10 million a year. Um, and those are the coaches, I mean, you're locked down for a lifetime, at least it seems at this point. Yeah, but this is great going forward, and I'm sure I was happy. Uh, if any of our listeners have uh, seen the movie Rounders, pay that man his money. And so I'm sure he, he was eating good that day after he got the news. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, I actually saw Rounders not too long ago. Um and I, it's a great I really movie. enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they're, uh, they gave, gave Coach O a big stake, uh, that's for sure. And I, I mean, I can agree with you. It's, uh, yeah, as far as locking him in for a while, uh, I mean, with, with how many coaches move around a lot, you know, I, I agree. They didn't really have to pay him that much because, you know, Coach O said this is his dream job. And I, I think he doesn't really feel like he needs to, you know, be the highest paid coach because it's, you know, he, he doesn't know of a better job out there. And he just he just wants to win. You know, save some money for these assistants I'm going to have to bring in. Um, and I had one thought about this when it first happened because anytime some guy, some coach has a really good year, and then the next year all the, the boosters in administration want to just lock him in after this one great year, I'm always weary because I remember back in, I think it was the mid-2000s when – Charlie Weiss had that one good season at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and then the boosters locked him in and paid him a lot of money, and then they fired him two years later. 
but yet they still owed him all that money. I think they might even still be paying Charlie Weiss at this point. I'm not sure. Um, but I just ever since then, I've always thought, see, I think you've got to give a guy more than one year. But, you know, looking at this situation, uh, you know, Coach O has had more than one year. Uh, ever since he's took over at LSU, he's been 40-9. and nine, But what I think was, is more impressive is he's been 11-1 and one against top ten opponents. And, you know, I don't even know if Nick Saban or, or Dabo Swinney have that kind of record uh, against top ten opponents. But it's just phenomenal. And that's why I think they're not only paying Coach O for – this past season because it's just it, it sets LSU in the history books and almost sets them apart from any other uh, season title, whatever you want to call it. But um, uh, he's definitely changed the direction of the program because now the recruiting starting to follow. And, uh, you know, Coach O has earned it. And I don't think he's going to waver. He's, he's not going to be uh, attracted to, you know, go coach the Dolphins only to leave after two years and coach college again. You know, I, I think he's he's happy where he is. So, um, more power to him and more power to the to the Tigers because I think it's great. I guess the the only question and I and I've seen some people floating this has been on the Tiger Droppings boards and um, you know people on Twitter have been saying it and I don't I don't I don't agree with it but I do think that it's something to uh, to maybe think about is you know the, our season was I, I wouldn't say you know it's not a mirror image but it was si- similar to uh, when Al- Auburn had so much success with Cam Newton. And you know, a lot of people are saying, is Coach O Gene Chizik? I, you know, I hope not. I don't think so. Um, but I do think it's, you know, it, it's interesting that, uh, you know, we, we did kind of, we had all the pieces, you know, and everybody was saying, who's, who's going to, when is LSU going to unleash all their talent because of, you know, the way that our offense was structured with uh, basically just being a, you know, I-formation dive team. Um, but we have so much, you know, uh, talent, at receiver and slot receiver and uh, so much speed that if we could just get the quarterback right, then, you know, we'd, we'd be very, very successful. Clearly that's the, that, ha- you know, that happened. We've just witnessed it. But I do wonder if, you know, how I, th- I think that everyone in, everyone in the LSU camp needs to be prepared for a drop-off next year because, um, you know, Joe Burrow's not one, in, you know, he's not dime a dozen. And, you know, we're, we're like we're going to go into in a second. Like we're losing a lot of uh, losing a lot of talent on the, on and off the field, and so I think that I think that Coach O is definitely capable of, of keeping it. You know, keeping the ship afloat and then starting that uh, reload process. But um, I do worry that that the expectations and we've talked about Tiger fan expectations that after this historic season next year, if we if we lose a couple games, people are going to be calling for his head. <laughs> like they did at Bama with Saban, even you know this year it's like it just that's it, what yeah, happens it, though with winning. Winning spoils you, and it spoils yeah. the heck out of the fans. Uh, so I think it's good for them to kind of taper their expectations. Like you said, we should expect somewhat of a drop off. I don't, ex- you know, we we can't expect this same exact season. Um, even if, well, I don't know if if Burrow was back or if if Brady was back, one or the other. Um, no, I mean we could we still couldn't expect the same season, but uh, I think rightfully so they should expect to you know at least be in the hunt for the playoff. Even if they went eleven and two next year, I think that is that's great. You know, um, with what they have coming in, and what they have already, uh, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, so now Coach O is solidified. 
but you know the the rest of his staff. Uh, I don't know if it's qu quite set in concrete yet, because um, we we lost Dave Aranda obviously, but uh, Dave Aranda was able to pull Dennis Johnson with him uh, to make him his defensive line coach. And I thought that was interesting because Dennis Johnson was Coach O's guy. It's like Coach O worked with him at USC, and Coach O's the one that brought him over. So. I don't know, I guess I thought it was interesting that he's going to join Dave Aranda, um, which would be, uh, it's not going to be a complete rebuild, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a new coach taking over, so they're going to, I imagine maybe Aranda's going to focus on the defense, but um, I don't know, do you, do you guys have any thoughts on why, uh, you know, like if, if Coach O brought you in, and then the coach that you worked under, is leaving, you would go with him as opposed to stay with Coach O. Just as an opportunity, or maybe just, uh, you know, he just likes Dave Aranda. I, I don't know. I think maybe, yeah, he just sees it as a move that could potentially move him up because uh, I'm sure we're going to bring in somebody who's pretty well qualified for the defensive coordinator position. Maybe he's thinking about his own future, like, all right, Dave Aranda, uh, trust me. Obviously, we coached together at LSU, and if I go with him to Baylor, then he might see that as a sign of loyalty. And if maybe Baylor changes defensive coordinators within the next couple of years, he might look to him as a potential replacement. And so that could be his next step up when maybe that opportunity just doesn't arrive at LSU. Uh, for us, though, I think it's not the end of the world. Obviously, uh, I've seen as people talking online, it's like maybe it's a good thing for us because although our defensive line has been good, we haven't really had too many dominant players. And uh, we'll see kind of... Obviously, it's going to depend a lot on the defensive coordinator that we do hire, kind of how that does or does not change. But maybe some new blood there will be able to, to get the full talent out of our players and just even be more of a strength. So I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, I think that um, that this is something we're going to need to, to be able to expect or be able to cope with you know, in the future. Because if you look at, if you look at Alabama's uh, you know, success that they've had over the past 10 years and the way that their coaching staff changes from year to year, you know, it seems like they're, if they don't have a new offensive or defensive coordinator, something's happened. Something weird's happening because you know, it was uh, Jeremy Pruitt, and then he got another job. And then it was, uh, you know, they had, uh, who else? Kirby, before Jeremy Pruitt, it was Kirby Smart as the, as the defensive coordinator. Both of them went on to be head coaches. Then on the other side of the ball, you know, they've had uh, Butch Jones, you know, as an analyst, and he was working with people. Lane Kiffin, who's now, you know, coach at Ole Miss, uh, and now and then Steve Sarkeesian, who was an analyst and then got promoted to to OC. So I think that you know, as LSU is kind of ascending to that um, to that you know top pedigree where, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, LSU was always a top program, but now it seems like, especially with that capstone of a, of a national championship win that we had this year, we have really um, transcended into maybe one of the top, you know, two, three, four programs in the whole country. Uh, I, can, I think that we'll probably lose a lot of our um, assistant coach talent year in, year out, just because of, of the success that, that you know, we're going to have for the next couple of years. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's something to expect that, you know, a lot of our um, position coaches and analysts will will when they when when schools look to to hire new people they're going to look at LSU. Yes, but uh luckily they won't be looking to LSU for their defensive uh backs coach because uh luckily Corey Raymond has signed a 3-year extension. So, uh he remains the dean of DBU 
uh, glad to have him back because uh, I, I imagine he's just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure Corey Raymond is just chomping at the bit because he's got Derek Stingley coming back, you know, probably freshman All-American, and also Elias Ricks coming in, and then all these other recruits that have also lined up. So I don't know. Uh, I imagine Corey Raymond's like, you know what, I, I got DBU going. Why, why, why mess up a good thing? Plus, you know, it kind of cements his legacy. If he's the one guy that creates all these defensive backs that come out of one school, uh, that, that says a lot about him. So and plus, glad to have a, him back. He's a New Orleans guy, and uh, you know, it, and I'm sure he enjoys being able to recruit right down the road. He has a lot of success with it. Obviously, you know, with uh, Christian Fulton, you know, being the, probably the most recent example of a, of a guy from uh, Archbishop Rummel, and um, he's from Rummel, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think it's you know I'm I'm happy for him to stay. We definitely want to keep that DBU going. You know, it's uh, it's always a battle. You know, like we got this year we had Texas trying to say they were DBU, and then Florida trying to say they're DBU. But um, you know, it's great that uh, it's great to have him stay, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with uh, you know Stingley, Elias Ricks, Mo Hampton, Todd Harris. Jacoby Stevens and all the other great DBs that we're going to have next year. Right. Um, well, I guess one thing that is still kind of up in the air is who would be, you know, his his defensive coordinator. And I hadn't really. It's interesting. I hadn't heard too much this week. Uh, the only thing I've heard more than once is about Bo Pelini, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing nothing solidified yet. Which is you know kind of odd. It's like what, you know, who's who's holding up the train here because. Who would not want to join a team that just won the national championship, uh, possibly with the best defensive line in college football about to arrive? So um, I don't. Do you guys have any any takes or any leads on, on that, whether it's Bo Pelini or, or otherwise, that'll fill this uh, DC spot? It, you know, it seems like Pelini's the the number one name being floated. I don't know if I mean, you know, you see a few people talking about just different things, but um, he really seems to be like the uh, the number one guy that everyone's talking about. And I really don't, uh, you know, this for uh, this is great, this great podcast material. But I, I, I kind of want to just wait and see. You know, I don't have a take either way. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I know that uh, I was well, I was talking to jo- our friend Josh Lemoyne, and you know, he was he said that he likes the move, um, and that you know that two, that 2007 defense, which I do remember the 2007 defense was an absolute killer. Um, the one interesting thing to think about with with the change of potentially Bellini is that uh, Dave Aranda is a three four guy, so that's why you see um, you know your outside linebackers like Michael Divinity and Calevon uh, Chasson that they're kind of the, the the playmakers on that defense, and that they're the they're the guys who are on the outside, but they're out they're outside linebackers, but they're playing kind of a hybrid linebacker slash defensive end position. Now Pelini is a four-three guy, which has which is going to be more of your traditional three linebackers, uh, you know, in the back or in the the middle of the field, and then four down linemen. Um, and I think that that fits a lot better with kind of the way we've been recruiting. Uh, especially, you know, we're so D-line talented and D-line heavy, and we've got some big D-linemen, um, especially with some of our guys coming back, like uh, Glenn Logan and uh, Tyler Sheldon. So. You know, I would. I think, I, and I was I, before Pelini was being talked about. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a, a football coach at a, a high school, 
and I, we were talking just talking about LSU, talking about ball and stuff, and I was I was saying like I'd really like to see what LSU would look like in a in a four three. So we might get to see that, and we could see uh you know I could definitely see some some success, um, you know coming from that change just because of our personnel. Yeah, to to build off that, the only major thing I would say is that for for our listeners who don't know, Bo Pelini has been the coach at FBS school Youngstown State. I think they're in Ohio for the past like four years. And I think he's had some decent success there, um, not like any national titles or anything. But so this would definitely be, I would say, a step back up for him. And then, but being a, a small school like that, you kind of think, like, is it is it going to be hard coming back to big boy SEC style football? Maybe has the game passed him by a little bit with all the new offenses and stuff. And so that is a question. But another thing is that a lot of times, the the big schools, this happens all the time where the it starts with the the lowest level where the high school people will be innovating, doing all sorts of new stuff, and they'll move up, and some like smaller colleges will start doing it, and then it comes bigger colleges, and then goes to the pros. So maybe he's even got some new schemes or ideas that he could implement and kind of take everybody by surprise. So being from not just battling against Alabama and Florida and whoever else every single year, so that could be one bright side to the situation. But, yeah, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I saw something because you'd mentioned Josh, he'd uh, he'd said something earlier this week about how a lot of LSU fans were were not happy with him when he left. But uh, I mean, he left for a head coaching position. You know, it wasn't like he left us on the on the tarmac to go to Texas A&M like right after a bowl game and was just kind of phoning in plays like John Chavis did. You know, he just it was at the end of the year and he wanted to be be a head coach and you know and so be it. Uh, but I, I think once he gets back, if he get, if he does he ultimately comes to LSU and he brings the defense he had back then, um, no, no one's going to mind that. They're, they're, they, I don't even think they even remember it. Um, but remains to be seen. Uh, like you said, I, I haven't heard anything else about anybody. thought we would have heard something about Jim Leonard or um, uh, I forget the guy. He was the, uh, He's the defensive coordinator at Penn State. His name was also mentioned. But... Uh, you know, I hadn't been any movement, and in the age of social media, even just a whisper is tweeted out within seconds. So uh, I haven't seen anything. So I guess maybe there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now, um, <laughs> speaking of whispers on social media, can anyone confirm whether Jordan Birch was on campus last night, uh, yesterday? That's what I saw. Okay, because I well, I saw it. Well, first of all, there was that thing. I guess it was earlier this week. It was like, oh, Jordan Birch is on. He's coming to campus like tomorrow, and then he never came. People were like, no, he's at a basket. He's he's playing at a at a high school basketball game right now. Like, what do you wait? Where are you getting this from? And then yesterday they were like, oh no, he's on campus right now. So I didn't know if that was just more fake news or if he was. Now if he is, that's great. But um, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, me either. It's all kind of a mess that. I just kind of chose to ignore. So whether he, I doubt he ends up flipping to LSU. So I'm just kind of keeping it as maybe a happy surprise. Anything ever does happen. Yeah, you never know. Um, he he could just be be playing possum until signing day, and then maybe he comes to the Tigers. Who knows? Um, but uh, I mean, there were some other there were some other recruits on campus this weekend, um, and like. We not only were the coaches recruiting him, but LSU's signees were recruiting him because uh, Jacoby and Gillery was there trying to recruit some was trying to recruit some D linemen, uh, telling them this was going to be the best defense in the country. Uh, you just love to see players recruiting other guys because 
you know, if they're bought in, maybe they can convince other guys. Because nothing says it more than uh, somebody that's already on the team that's that's just pumped about it. Well, we did we did pick up a commitment today from Alex Adams in 2020 yeah. class, a wide receiver, receiver from Magnolia, Mississippi. So he's a three-star, uh, number 63 ranked wide receiver in the class. So uh, I haven't watched any tape on him. Hopefully he's a good player. Obviously we had Jordan Jefferson go from a three-star to All-American, so there's potential there. But I think it's a good move as we had, still had a few spots left over, and especially with the – kind of untimely departure of Rakeem Jarrett and Jermaine Burton on early signing day. So to, to buff up the wide receiver core is, is good there. Well, I know, uh, I'm sorry, there was some, some guy, there was some uh, recruiter, I think it was, I don't know if it was Kayshawn Booty, but it was somebody else. There was like a, it's like a track star. No, Kayshawn, no, he, he did, he, he just, uh, he just like ran a really fast, track thing. That was right? him. Okay. Yeah, that was him. Okay. I saw I saw that too. I am not exactly sure like what his time was or whatever, but yeah, I saw that. Uh all right, so well he uh here well Kayshawn how do you, is it I think boot? it's boot. Boot? That makes sense. Or boot. Might be boot. It's not booty, I don't think. <laughs> right. Uh well well Kayshawn Boot who uh who I has already signed with LSU. He just uh he just had a really good uh, race where he, I don't know, what, what did he clock like? Was it 10 seconds in the 100 meter? I, I don't know. Yeah, was, something like that. Yeah, it was just crazy. Um, so that's good. And uh, there's a lot of dual sport Tigers. Uh, there's some some other LSU player tweeted out after the game, and then the uh, the track coach was like, yeah, 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 get your butt to practice now. <laughs> and uh, Maurice Hampton just started practice with the, uh, with the Tigers. He just came off this national championship season, and you know, Maneri was wondering if he was going to kind of be in that that haze. He said, no, he's ready to work. So, so good for him. Uh, yeah, you don't see too many dual sport athletes anymore, but LSU's got a few. Yeah, um, no, I'm ready to see, uh, I'm ready to see Hampton um, play for, play on the, play on the baseball team. I've heard he's a great, uh, great center fielder and he can, you know, a guy can hit. He's kind of a five tool player. He can run. So definitely looking forward to seeing him at the box. And uh, especially with with the uh, the new announcement that LSU's number twelve in the nation in that uh, preseason coaches poll. There yeah, they've been getting their uh, their practice in all winter, kind of laying low after the the football team has been taking the limelight. And then now that we're about to go into base basketball here, I assume in a second. But yeah, baseball getting ready to roll here, so that's exciting. Hopefully, take a few trips to the box this year, see the boys play. That would be nice, and they got a lot of talent coming back so hopefully they can get back to the the college world series uh i know last year i think just lack of depth at pitching kind of slowed them a little bit but i, I know there's you know some guys had 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 to go on to surgery and were injured uh plus he's got some some great freshmen coming in so might be a good season for the tigers i'd love to be able to see a game but I'm, i might have to catch him a little bit east of the mississippi if i can uh we'll, we'll see um but I mean, that, baseball hasn't even started yet. That's like a week or more away. Um, I don't know. Have you guys been watching any of this LSU basketball team? Like, apparently LSU has a basketball team that's been playing games in the midst of all this uh, championship saga stuff. Um, what, what's has anyone on campus been noticing how good their team is? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think you know I haven't been able to get to the PMAC for a game yet. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. We were watching the. Uh, 
I sat down to watch the the Texas LSU Texas basketball game, and you know it, it felt it just feels like that during football season you know you can't focus on anything other than the football team. Regard and you know basketball starts and and that's and they're you know they've had a lot of success and Will Wade has obviously got a lot of talent with Trent and Watford coming in, but um, and Skylar Mays and uh, Darius Days and you know all the other players returning, but um, you know it it feels like you can't really. I, I can't even put my mind on that, especially when we're when we had so much success in in football. So, yeah, you know, LSU is undefeated in SEC play, the only team in the SEC that's undefeated, and uh, just got a big win against Texas yesterday. And uh, but the, you know, the trouble they've had all season, and I, if you've watched if you watched the past two games, you know it is you know they they end up making every game close, and it goes down to the wire, especially games that probably shouldn't. Because in both the past two games, Texas and Florida, uh, LSU was up big and uh, gave away leads towards the end of the game and, and ended up having to, you know, kind of scrap for those wins. So, you know, I'm glad to see that Will Wade's, uh, you know, he's back and, and trying to replicate some of the success they had last year. But if we're going to win, you know, in, uh, in some of the bigger games coming up and, you know, especially if we're looking ahead to the SEC tournament and, uh, eventually, the you know uh, NCAA tournament, we're gonna have to be able to uh, to kind of keep leads. Yeah, LSU just has to give their fans a cardiac arrest every single time they step on the court. Uh, I don't really understand why. Yeah, their last I think seven games have been decided by a total of like 15 points or something, but they keep finding a way to win. It was a uh, it was kind of the opposite story early in the season when they were playing close, but they kept losing a couple of those close games. Uh, and then now it seems they've kind of found the way to, to get the edge. One thing you, you might say about the season so far is they've played a lot at home, and they haven't played exactly the stiffest competition. They've only played one team that was ranked at the time, Utah State, which they lost early on. So we'll see how things go as they face kind of the stiffer competition. They haven't played Auburn or Kentucky yet, kind of the, the SEC heavy hitters. But I'm definitely looking forward to those games. Their, their roster, they lost a key player, Charles Manning Jr., a uh, sophomore or junior guard, I think. Uh, he is going to be out for a couple of weeks at least with an injury, so it's kind of tough. Their rotation's a little bit short. I think they normally run like a seven-man rotation. Um, but if the, the shoe fits, then they'll keep wearing it. And, uh, yeah, tune in to your LSU Tigers. They've been playing well and continue to rise up to defend their regular season title. Yeah, what's crazy is, like you said, they're fifteen or sixteen and four now, six and zero in SEC play, but they're still unranked. Which I don't know, it's odd. You would think. Yeah, it's kind of they just don't really have any like marquee wins right now. Like they've kind of beaten most of the people, but they haven't beaten any Titans. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess it's early enough, and based on what they did last year, I mean, like you said, they're a regular season. Uh, SEC champions. It's not like they were in the basement and now all of a sudden they're 15 and four and people don't know how to gauge them. I mean, Will Wade's got you know a few of the same guys back, um, but I don't know. I, I there are the RPI was pretty high if I remember right. It was like 25 or something. But um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe they haven't played anybody, but like who else has anybody else played that's that still has a 15 and four record? But um, more time to figure that out. You know, the rest of the season, I'm sure we got to play Kentucky and, and Florida again. So we'll see. Yeah, one, one game to, to look forward to if you're a fan is on, I think it's February the 8th. Yes, uh, yeah, February the 8th at Auburn. So that'll be definitely a tough game. Auburn was the second to last undefeated team in the country before they kind of dropped two stinkers recently. Uh, but they're still a really good team. <laughs> 
And so that'll be a, a tough game in Auburn. And then so if we roll through that one, then we'll definitely be looking good uh, head to down the SEC stretch. Just as a, as a comment, right now, uh, Joe Lenardi from ESPN's Bracketology, LSU is projected as a number six seed. So we'll kind of keep that in mind, see how we shift up and down, but firmly in uh, the tournament right now. So as long as we can keep it up, then we should be in decent shape. Yeah, and I think really just, you know, LSU's got, got a lot of the talent. Um, you know, they I think the main, the main uh, thing that I've noticed is we're really missing uh, Tremont Waters from last year. You know, we have a lot of great talent as, uh, at, at the guard position, but it doesn't really seem like we have a true uh, point guard who, you know, Skylar Mays kind of fits that, but I, I think he's definitely, you know, still more of a scorer. And Javante Smart, so, you know, uh, being such a dynamic player as he is, he's still not the, the uh, you know, the kind of pass-first guy. And so that's something that I think, they'll, you know, you'll, you'll need to address uh, or as you go on further into the season, but I'll tell you, especially uh, yesterday watching them play, you know they're they're a uh, a, a very well uh, disciplined team. I think they only had six fouls the entire game or something like that. I, I saw that stat where, especially towards the end of the game, uh, Texas was was uh, in the double bonus and LSU wasn't even in the bonus yet. And then also, their uh, their offensive rebounding and rebounding in general is very very good. Uh, LSU, I, I saw LSU, you know, and that, those are really just effort plays. And LSU's put in that effort, and, you know, I feel like if this team can, can, can you know, buckle down and, and start keeping leads uh, and not, you know, not turn these, turn these games into uh, closer than they should be, you know, I feel like we can kind of play with anybody. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I mean, if they just make the tournament again, then... They've pretty much matched last year's success. If they can just get past the Sweet 16, uh, Will Wade's making improvements. Uh, so what? Uh, where else does that take us, guys? Do we have any um, anything else? Anything else we want to cover? Uh, I think that's all the the highlights from this past week. Um, we'll obviously stick with the the basketball next week. We got a couple. We got two games this week, and then so we'll see where we're sitting after that, and then. If uh, Fellowship Football makes any any moves on their coaches, then we'll be sure to to bring y'all that. Uh, looking forward to to seeing who we we settle on. But I think that was mostly it. Mm-hmm. Tommy, you got anything else you wanted to? Um, gosh, let me think. Oh, I, I do have one comment after you're done, Tommy. All right, you go with your comment. All right, my comment is just I wanted to uh, give a shout out and just a very respectful moment for Kobe Bryant, NBA legend, who uh, passed away, unfortunately, today, along with uh, some others in a helicopter crash in California, so it's very tragic. Uh, Rocking the sports world, Kobe was an icon. I was blessed to see him play one time in his last season. He came to New Orleans, and I got to go see him play. I have a video on my phone of him stepping back against uh, New Orleans guard and just draining a three in his face, and the crowd just erupting in cheers for an opposing player, which is just crazy to see. I watched that probably ten times in a row after I heard the news. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, be with his family, and then uh, shout out to you, 8 and 24. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually, I think I, I was about to say something about that, too. Like, even though he's not, he wasn't an LSU Tiger, he still wore that purple and gold, and, uh, you know, I don't think you can think, you know, he was he was really was our generation's Michael Jordan, I think. You know, LeBron is, and I'm kind of a, a LeBron hater in that, you know, I think, you know, LeBron's great and everything, but um, I, I was always a Kobe guy. And I couldn't even believe, you know, you sent me that text, R.I.P. Mamba, and I thought you meant 
because of the record that LeBron broke last night. You know, and and because I think it was last night, right, where he he yeah, broke he, Kobe's. He did, it's very ironic, yeah. But LeBron really passed weird. Kobe all time for third all time uh, point scorer in the NBA. Yeah, so I thought when you texted me that, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I guess you know, all right, Daniel, it's a little bit late, but okay, you know, I guess you're talking about the uh, the the record. But then, you know, I was absolutely shook when I saw the uh, when I saw the news because that's just crazy. And and these helicopters have been just. I mean, this, he's not the only person to be, you know, vic, fall victim to a helicopter crash. So it's very tragic, and I'm, I'm sad to see him go. And, you know, the thing about Kobe was uh, as, as good of a basketball player as he was, and, you know, he's one of the greatest ever to play the game, he had a full-on career after basketball. You know, he, he directed and, and produced and wrote and did almost everything in an uh, Oscar award-winning movie. And he had his, uh, a bunch of businesses and, you know, was uh, – you know, he went to, uh, I think it was Wharton Business School uh, during his, or maybe it was Duke. I can't remember. He went to, but he, he was, like, very committed to his um, to his second career after basketball. And, you know, it was like, and if you've ever seen uh, uh, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, and uh, Barstool Big Cat do these podcasts called The Corp, where they talk about, you know, uh, business-type deal, business stuff with, um athletes and other business people and just all kinds of people they did one with kobe it was very interesting so if you're you know thinking about kobe with his untimely untimely and unfortunate passing you know go check out that um to kind of see what else you know the other side of kobe bryant because we all know his his great basketball play but um you know he had a whole other kind of avenue um that maybe doesn't get as much play but was equal you know he's equally dominant at yeah and in addition to that, uh, just I think he was just so renowned for his, his his work ethic, and that's why he was great. And anytime people talked about him, they could always point back to that. And uh, believe it or not, we actually got a quote from Joe Burrow. He was he was crediting Kobe Bryant for his mentality, uh, and that's kind of what something that that drove him. He said, well, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well be the best. And even if you are the best, you still got to work at it and stay the best. Um, you know, I think that's kind of trickled down throughout sports once people have heard about his just mentality and his drive, you know, because he was on the top of the world, but he... Uh, yeah, know, just the ultimate was, competitor. Yeah, and, like, he did everything he could just to recuperate. Like, he's, he was the one where I first heard about, like, someone asked him about his, uh, one of his remedies, and he said bone broth. And just, you know, then I, just because Kobe was taking it out I, I would try and mix in bone broth if i ever had an injury and it you know it actually did help a little bit but uh you know it's just the the guy's focus and determination and his his discipline because it you know it could be so easy for anyone on on his level to just say man i'm kobe you know i don't have to prove anything to anybody but he always had to prove something to himself and i think that's what drove him he was always you know just trying to to match what he'd already done so he he, he always stayed hungry and i think that inspired a lot of people uh, and it's sad to see him go. And like you said, Tommy, he's, he had other things going. You know, he, he wasn't just going to sit back and uh, just sit on his money or just become a, a commentator. You know, he went out and, and made an Oscar-winning film. He, he had all these other business ventures. He was just getting started. And it's sad to see him go. So definitely our, our prayers go out to his family, Laker family, basketball in general, anyone that's ever known him. Uh, God bless them. And uh, I think on that note, we're going to we're gonna look forward to next week. Hopefully we'll have some more news to cover for you folks. 
uh, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, or otherwise. Um, seems like whatever sport else you has out there, they're, they're doing well. So we'll, we'll definitely have something for you if you stay with us. Uh, so until then, uh, have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tips.